Welcome to Whitechapel Church Online. You're currently listening to preaching from our Sunday services. We believe that when the preaching happens, that collectively we're hearing the Word of God, and that God's Word has the power to change who we are. We also believe that God can meet you right where you're at, and that He has a Word specifically for you. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon, and we would love to have you at an in-person service. Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon, and be blessed. Well, good morning. Happy New Year. I'm a week late, perhaps. <laughs> Julie and I were uh, in Jacksonville last week, and participating in an installation service for some pastors there, um, one of our sister churches. So this is our, our first Sunday in our new year. And, you know, last week doesn't really count so much, right? Because it was only one day. We hadn't really, you know, hadn't really set in. And so we're, we're into the new year. How many of you made New Year's resolutions? How many of you will raise your hand if you made a New Year's resolution? Come on, raise them up. That's weak. That's weak. You know, it's about 50% of Americans, and we're at like 10%, or you're just not talking to me, right? So I'll do it this way. How many of you did not make a New Year's resolution? Okay, well, you are participating. <laughs> it's interesting um, when, you, when you think about New Year's resolutions. If you didn't make one, don't really be too discouraged about that because um, the, scripture t- or the, the statistics tell us that um, out of... Everyone who makes a New Year's resolution, only 9% actually see it all the way through, right? So you really haven't missed out yet, okay? And that's kind of what I want to speak to today is, is not New Year's resolutions and not even new starts. One of the things that's interesting about a, um, a new year is we, we often can look at that and say this is a, it's a new start, it's an opportunity to begin a new year, and really all it is is the calendar changed, Right? but it has some type of emotional or mental um, effect on us where it's like, okay, it's a, it's a new year, and so I'm going to make some changes. I'm going to do some things differently, and, and I'm going to um, see things differently. But here's the thing. Life is a continuum, right? I hear people talk all the time about, oh, I want a fresh start. Well, there really is no fresh start. Have you ever gotten lost? We've all been lost, and if you're in your vehicle and you've gotten lost... You don't get to go back to the origination point, right? You don't go like all the way back home if you're, if you're you know, 20 minutes away because you're lost. You have to pick up where you're at, figure out where you are, and then go to that destination. And so when we think about life as a continuum and, and we think about all the things that we're, we're experiencing and that we're doing, it builds on our past experiences. We just can't start fresh and, and cut off all of the things that we've experienced in the past, we carry those with us. Some are hurtful, some are encouraging, but we carry these things. Some of it is baggage, some of it we probably should let go of. But so as we, as we think about this today, as we talk about what I'm gonna talk about is new seasons, I want us to understand that the seasons that we go through in life are really, really important. And so my sermon today isn't really deeply rooted in scripture, although it is in scripture, It's more of what I have been hearing the Lord say to me here in the last six weeks. 
And so I want to start with this scripture, which is uh, found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. We know this scripture well. I think most of you have heard this scripture, and it's an encouraging scripture. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? A new creature. Now, that is encouraging because at this point, those things that can destroy us and bog us down, the sins of the past, are gone. And so in Christ, we are new creatures. The old is gone. They have, as the scripture says, the old things are passed away. And then it says, behold, all things are become new. And, and what, a, what an encouraging scripture. That in Christ, all things become new. Now, I think that we could look at that and say, okay, when I accepted Christ and made him my Lord and Savior in my life, and I made a commitment to him, heard his, his the story of Jesus and, and accepted him and, and, and realized that he had died for my sins and, and I started this journey with Christ, I'm a new creature. I want to challenge you to consider the fact that we're constantly being made new. It's not a one-time thing. He's constantly making us new. The old is past. The new has come. We grow in Christ and we begin to experience the things that God has for us because we're no longer living in the past. We're no longer living in the things that are old. And so as we walk into this today, I want to share a little bit um, from my journal, if you would. So on November 26th, I'm just spending some time with the Lord, and I like to use the word impress. The Lord impresses things upon me. Sometimes I feel the Lord impressing. I think sometimes when I I would say the Lord spoke to me that, that you might say, oh, that's weird. Or, ooh, you're really spiritual, or, or did you really hear a voice? And so I have learned that, that using the word that the Lord impresses things on us is, is really a place where we all, can, we all can relate to that in a different way. Can you relate to that? So, so you may not say the Lord speaks to you, but he impresses things upon you, which, by the way, is his way of speaking to you. So the, the Lord began to impress upon me that I was walking into a new season, And of course, I had questions around that. And, and for the last six weeks, I have, I have been sitting in that. I have been asking Lord, the Lord more about that. And is this something that I'm doing or is this something you're really saying? And so I began to ask the Lord questions around that. And I began to get some guidance and direction in that. That really, as, as I share today, the Lord said, this is not just for you, but this is for others. Oftentimes, what the Lord impresses upon us is for us. It's personal. There are times when the Lord impresses things upon us that we're to share and we're to encourage others with. So last week, as uh, Pastor Michael shared, and I, I watched the service uh, later online, and, and I heard his message, and he had told me that um, he felt like the church was moving into a new season. I thought, oh, that's interesting, because the Lord has, has spoken personally to me that I was entering into a new season. And, and, and so I think we need to understand this, that there are seasons that we experience individually. And then there are things that we experience, new seasons and seasons that we experience in the body of Christ. And so they don't always coincide, right? And so the Lord has, has impressed upon Pastor Michael that we're to be a, a refuge of grace. And we're in, entering into this new season as a church. And that's exciting because the old is gone and the new has come. 
And so as I began to, to really sit in, in, in this, I was, I was, I'll be honest with you, I was kind of like, well, okay, a new season, what is that? I've never really thought of my life as seasons. Now, lately I've been saying I'm in the fourth quarter, all right? If you figure the life expectancy of a man, I think it's 78. I just started the fourth quarter, according to statistics, so it's okay, all right, well, uh, but, but this word season was different. Some of you are in your first quarter, in your second quarter, yeah, you're not as smart as those in our fourth quarter, just saying, you know, so, so we're, we go through life, and it's not, this isn't based on age as much. The seasons really are based on the things that we experience in life, and I, I never really categorized my life in seasons, but I begin to think about it. Oh, yeah, there were, there's certainly this season of life where my whole focus as, as a young, youngster, you know, as an elementary kid was survival. And we moved around a lot when I was younger, and, and it was, you know, different schools and different cities for, for a little bit there. And so you, you just kind of, I looked at that season as a hard season. And then there was my, my middle school, high school years that actually I experienced right here at Warner that were exciting and fun. And then there was the season where I was in college, and, and then the season of, of, of being a newlywed. Oh, what a cool season that was. Kind of hard at times. And then there was that season when we began having children, and, and our whole life was, was centered around that portion of our life and, and taking care of these kids and raising them, and then those things shifted. And I, I looked, and I was like, oh, man, I, this is like my 10th season. I'm a vet, you know? So we have these seasons. So if you'll think with me, I think what the Lord really wanted to impress upon me, and I think impress upon you, is that it's important that we would recognize that life is full of seasons, and every season is an opportunity to grow more and become a newer creation. Old things pass away. We carry with us those things that God has taught us into these new seasons. Now, I'm going to say I know without question, because I know many of you and where you're at, that many of you are just embarking upon new seasons, hard seasons. I see Bev, and, and Bev just recently lost Skip. It's a hard season. She's, she's walking into a season of life without her soulmate. That's hard. It's a new season, not necessarily one that she wanted. But see, we don't get to choose the seasons. I want to say this to you. So the first thing that God really began to impress upon me is that it's very important for us to recognize the season that we're in, as well as changing seasons. It's important for you to identify the season that you're in. Because how do you know what to do if you don't know the season you're in? Now, I think that, that subconsciously we kind of get this and we kind of adjust our lives. So as I was thinking about the season, of course, I went to weather. And, and when you think about the weather, this is yesterday's wind chill for America. Another Arctic blast on the way this weekend. Brr, you know? You don't look like you dressed appropriately for this Arctic blast. And the wind chills, look at these crazy temperatures. God bless them. I don't know, have you noticed? Most of them are here. <laughs> They've left. You know, they saw the wind chill factors, and, and so they're here, and most of them, I think, are in Daytona Beach, and they're clogging up our roads, and they're eating our food, and they're doing all this stuff, you know? If you don't know what the season is, how can you dress appropriately? If you don't understand the season of life that you're in, how do you walk through it? How do you prepare for it? How do you think about it? How do you do life? 
if you don't know the season that you're in. So what if um, you woke up and, and you're, you're in that season of life of, of uh, being a young person and you've just got married and, and your wife wakes up and says, oh my goodness, honey, I think I'm gonna have a child today. Or if you're a woman, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have a child today. Well, that would be insane. You haven't had the opportunity to prepare. Because think about it. Think about the season of, of childbirth and pregnancy and, and all the different things that go with it, all the emotional stuff and the preparation and, and setting up the baby room and the gender reveals. That's a cool thing to do now. We gotta reveal the gender. And you know, there's all this stuff that goes into it and there's that due date and we're anticipating the arrival. You see, it's a season that we have to understand that we're in. It's just not something that we should take for granted. What season are you in? What are you experiencing right now in life? Do you recognize the season you're in? As I begin to really think about this season, what I often do is, is I, I want to identify with Scripture. And so I begin to think about and ask the Lord what he might impress upon me. And he impressed upon me the story of Jonathan. Now, Jonathan's not a, a real popular Bible character. Jonathan was the son of King Saul. And you'll find the story of Jonathan and his father, King Saul, in 1 Samuel, starting around the ninth chapter, where King Saul, not yet king, is anointed to be the first king of Israel. So the Israelites, just a little context around this, the Israelites had been ruled by prophets. The prophets would hear from God, and then the prophets would come to the people. And so God was the king. Well, they didn't want God to be the king, really, is what it boiled down to. They wanted an earthly king. And so God gave them the desire of their heart. So be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you hope for. Sometimes God will give it to you, and it's not what's best for you. So he gave them... A king. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 9, Saul is anointed to be the king of the Israelites. Think about Jonathan, because I did. But wow, he entered into a season. I don't know that they had a palace, but if they did, he moved into the palace. He went from, from notoriety to being in the limelight, he went to a place of royalty. He enters into this season of knowing who his dad was as king and that he was what then? He was heir to the throne. He would become the next king when his father was no longer the king, no longer able to be the king or his father had passed away. And so that brought me to this next thing that the Lord began to impress upon me, that not only do we need to identify and know the season that we're in, or if a season is changing, so that we can prepare for a changing season, and it brought me to this, that we have to understand that to enter a new season, we have to leave the old season. Now, I know I have just overwhelmed you with my wisdom and insight with that statement, right? Well, of course, we have to leave the old season to enter the new season. Do you know our nature? Do you know your nature, my nature, is one that I don't necessarily want to leave the new season? How many of you like change? 
my daughter. I know she likes change. I, I, I think change is exciting most of the time. Not as much as I once did. But most of us, we don't like change. I don't want to leave this season. Let's stay in this season. And so what happens is, is we get stuck in a season. And God has a new season for us. But because we haven't identified it and because we don't necessarily want to walk into a new season, we get stuck in the old. And so the new crea- creation that we are in Christ, gets, it gets stagnant. Because God is constantly pushing us into new seasons, into new opportunities, into new things. And so so there's this place where we have to come into this new season, and we have to say, well, the old season is passing, and the new season is coming, and, and what does that mean for me? And I thought about Jonathan when I was thinking about this. And so Jonathan, son of Saul the king, was around 12 to 15 years old when his dad became king. And, and Saul was king for 42 years. So it was not like just a four-year presidency like we have. It was a long-term proposition. His dad was king for 42 years. And somewhere in the process, I think it's in 1 Samuel chapter 13, you'll see that Samuel is disobedient to God repeatedly, to the place to where God removed his anointing from Saul. And Saul, while king, would no longer carry that anointing. And the household of Saul would not continue as king. Boom for Jonathan. Wait a minute. I'm the prince. I'm I'm heir to the throne. And this new season that I've been, that I've been or the season I've been in where, where I've been thinking about who I am and what I will have and anticipating being king and, and probably being groomed for that and all the things that went with that, all of a sudden, that was changed. Not because of what he did, but because of what his father did. You need to know this, that disobedience, disobedience has consequences. It has consequences. And for Saul, the consequence was... He wouldn't carry the anointing of God. For Jonathan, he wouldn't become king. And so what does Jonathan do? He does what most of us do. Okay, I'm not going to be king. This new season, David's going to be king because now God has anointed David to be the king. Saul didn't like that, by the way. And if you read the story, I encourage you to do that. Saul tries to kill David out of jealousy and out of rage. And David becomes very popular with the people as a warrior. You know, the David with the sling and the David who slew Goliath. And, and this man, little boy at the time, boy named David, was anointed to be the next king. So what did Jonathan do in this moment? He embraced the new season. David will be king, not me. And you will say, wow, that's, that's pretty good. So here we are in 1 Samuel 23. And look at what he says. Trying. 1 Samuel 23, 16, 17. And Saul's son Jonathan went to David. There's a new season upon us. And he helped him find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said to David. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. 
Even my father Saul knows this. And so Jonathan enters into this new season. Okay, I'm not going to be king, but I'll be second to the king. That's what helped Jonathan cope probably with the changing season. To embrace the new season, we have to let go of the old season. Jonathan really had to let go of that because as you'll see in this story, that's not how it works out. So here's what we do. We want to take from the old season what we like into the new season, and those things that we don't like, we want to leave those things behind. One of my good friends when we were pastoring, and we're actually still a good friend, lives in Georgia now. His name is David Moore. And David had a saying, the first time I heard it, I just kind of looked at him puzzled. He would say, just like the good old days, may they never return. And I thought, well, what do you mean? It's the good old days. He goes, they really weren't that good. You see, we, we think about the good things. He goes, you know, you think about the good old days. We didn't have air conditioning. He's a little bit older than I am. We didn't have air conditioning. I think in our first house, we didn't have air conditioning, but I was too young to know. I was in that season of, of oblivion. So, 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 you know, wake up, feed me, you know, those things. And so we want to take those things from the old season into the new season. You know what the scripture says about putting new wine in an old wineskin? It can't hold it. It'll burst the wine, it'll burst the skin. You'll, the wine will spill everywhere. You can't put new wine in old wineskin. You can't take the old into the new unless God has ordained it and said, this you can take. Think about some of the seasons you've been in. So a couple years ago, I had um, hip surgery, had a full hip replacement. And it wasn't a fun time at all. But... If I could go back into that season, that like two or three months of the surgery and rehabilitation and all those things, I don't want the surgery, I don't want the pain, I don't want any of that stuff, but I do want the attention and care that Julie gave me. <laughs> it was really awesome. I encouraged her in this. You don't have to stop waiting on me hand and foot just because I'm not rehabilitating anymore. You can continue. Honey, get my shoes. Help me put them on. No. I mean, it really was that bad, you know, but it was, you know, I look at that as like, well, that part of the season, feel, experiencing the care and the love of, of my wife in a hard season, I want to keep that and take it with me. Well, that's not reality. That would be kind of weird, honestly. Yet we do it all the time. The good old days, and we forget the bad stuff, but we want to take the new stuff into it. And oftentimes the church, God's people, we get so stuck in the old stuff that we can't enter it into the new. And so if we're going to be a refuge of grace, if we're going to be a people that are entering into a new season, we have to identify the fact that together God is calling us into a new season. We have to identify the things from the old season that God is saying, this I want you to carry into that season, this I do not. And it has to be the Lord leading that season. Otherwise, we'll never experience the new creation that God is doing. And so we have to walk into this. And so I'm actually, you know, as I'm walking through this, I'm trying to figure out what this really means for me. Not for us as a church until I begin to write this sermon and I begin to say, okay. And I think it was December the 9th. So as I'm just in my quiet time, so okay, Lord, you, you say there's a new season. 
Would you like to tell me about it? And here's the thing that I've learned over the years. He'll give you just enough to take the next step and very little more. Why? I don't know that we can handle it. I don't know that we would take the next step if we knew on the third step it was, we were going to experience something that we don't want to experience. I think about Jonathan as he's identifying the season now that has passed and he's not going to be king, embracing, saying, okay, David, you'll be the king and I'll be second to you. That wasn't what the Lord was doing. The Lord used Jonathan in a mighty way to protect David and to um, usher David into being the king. But it wasn't his, his life and season that God was calling him to be second. But we can only understand and cope with what we know, and that's okay, unless what we know and what we want hinders what God is doing. Then it becomes a real issue. And so as we would consider that God has taken us into a new season and, and all the things that God is uh, doing, the third thing that the Lord impressed upon me was don't assume to know the purpose and outcome of the new season. Don't assume that you know the full purpose and the outcome of the season because it's probably going to look very different than what you think it might. Might be better. Might not. Might be totally different. Jonathan probably never thought that in chapter 31, the last book of the first of Samuel, it's recorded that not only him but the whole army was defeated and Jonathan was killed on the battlefield. His father, Saul, took his own life because of the defeat. It wasn't the story that Jonathan had written in his mind. It wasn't what he had thought it would be. However, I want you to understand that Jonathan fulfilled that which God had asked of him. And it's not always that we get the glory. It's not always that we get to be celebrated. In fact, it's seldom that because that's not what it's about. So don't assume that you really understand what the new season looks like, what the purpose of it is, and how it will end. So as you walk into a new season as a person, and as, you walk into, as we walk into a season as a, a church, we have to hold loosely what we think it looks like and embrace what we think God is showing us for today. And so for you personally, if you've identified the season that you're in, or maybe you've never considered it. You may be stuck. You may be stuck in a season that you've been in for a long time. And God is saying, I have something new for you. But you have to take the initiative to walk out of the old and into the new. And so there's these seasons of life that we all experience, that we all go through. As I conclude, this is really the one I want you to grab this morning. There is divine destiny in every season. There is divine destiny in every season. God is the way maker. Even when I don't see him, he's working. You see, God has destiny for each and every one of us, and it's his destiny, and it's divine because of that. And so as you embrace whatever season you're in, 
or the closing of a season or entering into a new season, know this, it's full of divine destiny. And that changes completely the way that I think and the way that I look. Because typically what we do is what Jonathan do, did was we assume certain things and we think it's more about us than it really is. There's divine destiny, and the divine destiny is for us to walk in and grow in and become a new creation, but it's also to be refuge of grace that as priests, we carry that out into the world. We take that out into the circles of influence and the relationships that we have. You see, that's the divine destiny piece. It's, it's not all wrapped up in who we are, that we would be second to the king as Jonathan was hopeful for. That wasn't God's plan, but it was full of divine destiny. Jonathan's life was full of divine destiny, but he had to sacrifice his hopes to fulfill the destiny that God had. It didn't turn out the way he wanted. You see, Jonathan's purpose was to protect God's anointed king and to help him achieve the throne, not to be the king. His purpose was to protect God's anointed king and help him achieve the throne. That was the divinity in it. And he dies in battle. Not a hallmark at all movie, is it? And very seldom in life are our seasons hallmark productions. They're hard, they're difficult. And so as we would consider the fact that every season has divine destiny, I want you to know that in every season, God is with you. In every season, God is with you. God will guide you. God will empower you. And so as we understand that the seasons of life are divine, as we walk into it knowing that God is with us. Even when we don't see him, he's working. He will guide you. He will empower you. He will anoint you. He will do all of those things. And so as we were to fulfill your destiny in each season of life, there are things that we have to do. So in fulfilling the season of life, first, you have to walk closely with God. You have to walk closely with God. How will you know how he's leading and guiding if you don't walk closely with him? Walk in obedience with God's word and follow his leading. And get this, obedience is always the way to blessing. Obedience is always the way to blessing. You want blessing? Be obedient. You want to lose the blessing? Be disobedient. King Saul was disobedient, lost the blessing. Fulfill the destiny that God has for you. And then just to give you some things, if you want to take this with you, I call them journal questions, but just things that you can sit in and questions that you can ponder and ask God is, what season am I in? Am I stuck in a particular place? Am I not making progress? Is, is it stagnant? 
Or am I experiencing that new creation? Am I walking closely with God in this season? And am I walking in obedience? We're in a new year. New opportunities, new seasons as a church. And as I was asking the Lord what this meant to me personally, there were some things the Lord said, you can't take these into the new season. And one of those things was that my role here at White Chapel was shifting. And so I'm continuing to do a lot of the things that I was doing, but I'm no longer going to have the title executive pastor. I am going to continue to walk with our finance team and with Pastor Michael and those things, but as a volunteer, the Lord is calling me to do more from the ministry of our state that allows time for it. It's something to celebrate in my life. I celebrate it. There's things that are hard to walk away from, and there's things that we walk into. But if you don't understand the season that you're in, you don't know how to prepare for it. And so my prayer for each and every one of us is that we understand where we're at and what it is that God is doing so that we can walk with him closely and, and know the steps that he would have us to take. Preparing for a new season doesn't mean that all of the things from the old season get to come with us. Some things will. But things shift, things change. They don't stay the same all the time. And quite honestly, we don't like that so much. But my prayer for us as a church is that we will continue to learn what it means to walk in obedience and, and in the priesthood and all of the things that Pastor Michael was talking about, to, to be a people of grace and a refuge of grace. Last Sunday, we were, we were at the other church. They, they played a song, and it had the word new season, in it, and I sent it, to, sent it to Jordan. I said, hey, do you think that this would be a song that you could play? Sunday at the very end and he was very gracious he didn't say no he just wrote one himself as he plays this and says these sings these words I want you to listen to the words because they're really powerful they're anointed thank you for your following the leading of the Lord and for putting the time in and the effort and so just as a time of, of reflection this morning, a time of response, to answer those questions that you see on the screen, and then to take them with us and to embrace the new, even though it's not always easy, even though it means change, and even though sometimes it's very hard and, and we have to give up something from the past that's very dear to us and it's very hard to let go. But remember, you have divine purpose and destiny in every season, and God goes before you. So, Father, we ask this morning that as we would consider this morning the season that each of us might be in and what you're doing in our lives, that, Father, you would clearly speak to us and show us where we are. Show us where you would have us to go. Guide and direct us. And, Father, may we experience all that you have for us. And may your divine purpose be fulfilled in all that we do. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us at Whitechapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you and that you'll continue to join us as we lean into God's Word.
Until next time, have a great week.